0: Okay. Uh, welcome to the Family Business Podcast. Um, I'm here with my dad, Ryan. Um, I'm Kobe. We're your hosts. Today is episode three, um, and I'm excited. We have kind of a cool topic today. It's uh, fears and overcoming fears in business. I know I've learned a lot about it over the last couple of years. I'm still pretty new to it, um, but you know, starting a business at 19, um, we got this roof max dealership together and it's been a learning process. I've had to learn how to deal with a lot of fears and stresses and, but I'm particularly excited to talk to you about it. Um, just cause you have tons of experience, not only in your own businesses, but cause I'm always afraid, right? <laughs> but yeah, also with your clients too, like you, you yeah. help so many, you do a lot of coaching, a lot of marketing for a ton of different companies. Yeah. And so you see a bunch of different aspects and owners. So yeah. what would you say is kind of like a commonality, something that you see, kind of across the board, not only for you, but other business owners that kind of hinders them, that holds them back. And if they could figure out how to deal with those stresses and anxieties would help them grow.
1: Um, I would say there's probably two. I'm sure if I could spend a little more time on this, I'd come up with more, but there's probably two that that are like hitting me right now. The first is the fear of asking for the order, the fear of asking for the sale. Um, closing the sale, whatever you want to call it, but there's there's a major fear with that question. One of the right. best trainings I received was when I sold Cutco because we were trained, just follow the manual. And so they gave us this manual and I memorized the thing. Yeah. And you'd get to the certain point, you'd do this build-up, you do all this value building, you talk about the knives and how great they are and the, the warranty and all this stuff, and you get to the certain point and you'd say, now, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you this question. But would you like to buy Cutco today, and or would you like to invest? I think is investing yeah. Cutco today. Um, and and we always would um, preface that with an offer. And so in my sales training, when I talk to people, I always say the four P's: price, plan, package, and wait, what's the maybe it's three P's? Four. Oh, I I think the fourth P is like follow up, but I'm trying to remember what word I used. I always had four Ps, but like dropping down and asking for the order again, not just taking the first no, not necessarily in a pushy salesperson point of view, but like sometimes people are still processing and you've got to give them that time. And so asking again is often really important or asking in a different way or giving them a different offer or sweetening the deal a little bit, something like that to give it. So for sure. But most people know their price. Right, they know the plan. The plan is okay. If you pay that price, you get this for that price. Yep. And that's and that's you know price plan package, um is you know what comes with it. Plan is how you pay for it, and then you just have to ask. Yeah. Close close the deal. Ask, mm-hmm. say, hey, are you would you like to buy? Um, how do how do you would that work out? Which payment would work better for you? Something like that. Would so, that make sense? Yeah. But for some reason especially people who don't have that sales training and background, they freak out about that. Asking. <laughs> like physically ill. Yeah. I can't ask. I can't ask them to buy, right. you know, <laughs> or they'll ask something like, what do you think? And the worst part when you ask, what do you think? Is they're like, man, you're a really good salesman. This isn't right. for me, but you're a really good salesman. I hate that. Uh, that's like, the worst. I suck. So yeah, like, never that's... ask that question. Right. What do you think? Cause they're going to tell you what they think about how you did not. Yeah. So right. much better to say uh, something along the lines of, "Can we get you started today? Is this um, something you could see yourself investing in? If you're not quite closing all the way, um, is is this where you know? Is this where we can can we get you started? Can yeah. we get you going? Can I get your first thing sent out to you? Whatever, like every business is so different. You have you got to come up with a good question, and then you have to force yourself to do it. And once you do, it no longer scares you, right? And I think you and I had this conversation when you went out to sell. For sure. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I dealt with this a ton
0: in door to door. You know, it was something that you see. I mean, on day one, you go in and they're like, this is the most important thing. You have to ask for the sale. At the end, you have to say, you know, okay, can we get you started today? Or I have this day and this day. Can we, when can we fit you in? Or I have this, you know, you give them options rather than. Like, what do you think? Or, right. you know, an open-ended question like that isn't going to do anything. You have to ask for the money. You have right. to ask for them to sign up, you know? So I remember yeah. that. And then we had something similar to the four Ps, but I think we called it acing. We just like acknowledged the issue. Um,
1: I can't remember what the other so one was. acing were, is uh, overcoming objections. Yeah. Acknowledge, there's something, yeah. You acknowledge
0: what's going on and then you compromise. So you like bring the price down a little bit and yeah. give them a discount or another offer, like you were saying, yeah. and then... Oh, what's the E? It's probably like execute or something, but basically just ask again, you know, you have to come back. You can't just ask one time because that doesn't, that doesn't work. And I've noticed like there have been times where I realized that I didn't ask the question at the end when I didn't close the deal. And I'm like, why didn't that work out? And I'm like, oh. I didn't really ask the question right, right. or they kind of took a hold of the conversation and took it a different way. (laughs) So, I've gotten a lot better at it over the years, and I make sure and definitely ask. But I've seen that, too, where people are just freaked out. And if you don't have sales experience, that's a scary thing to ask for somebody's credit card, especially... I mean, depending on what you're selling, like yeah. if it's really expensive, sometimes it's hard when you're thinking about it. I mean, I'm sure with Cutco especially, it's like oh yeah, and I was a college kid, and it's like these are thousands, a thousand of dollars set of knives, for, for, and you're like you're like holy crap, like I, don't, if I had a thousand dollars, I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend buy knives. Knives, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know, I think that's kind of cool. You said there was another fear, though. You said there's two main things. Yeah, what was the other one? So the other one
1: is, uh, um, it's it's like a a belief that someone establishes that is false, a uh, false belief. But, and and the best example is also back to my Cutco days, uh, but I have another one. I'll, I'll tell you about, I just heard from another client, but it, it was um, on Friday. So I, um, Cutco is set up to teach salespeople how to become salespeople, right? So uh, they have this great programming system that just teaches you all of these you know, the nuances and the, the basics of being a salesperson. So you'd, you'd start with people you know, you'd get referrals from them, then you'd call those referrals, you'd get appointments with some of them, and then you'd get referrals from them, and you'd just go so on and so forth. So a big part of our job was what we called phone time, which was getting appointments. And this is back in before text message was big, you know, sure. now they text everybody, but yeah. we called. And I didn't love phone. I'm a salesperson that loves face-to-face. So I never loved phone time, but I knew it was necessary for me to be able to make sales. I had to get on the phone and do those phone calls. And I remember coming up with this belief and it wasn't even like, established with any kind of da- data or data i don't know which one's right but yeah. i was sample. <laughs> right it's like niche or niche yeah. i don't know which one's right like, so use either yeah <laughs> so so anyway i remember coming uh coming up with this belief that people go on dates on friday night and so friday night is the worst night to do appointments or to make phone calls so yeah. i would just skip friday night i never did anything on friday night because i know ne- i just had this belief yeah and then this girl came. And i was the number one sales rep in the company in, yeah. in our, our office in in uh, las vegas nevada i was the number one sales rep and i was feeling pretty good you know i don't yeah. have been there like four weeks or something right. i don't know so this girl comes in and she did two things that like completely shocked me the first was she decided that the ultimate set which was at the time, probably twenty two hundred dollars or something, twenty-five, I don't know. Sure. It's probably a three thousand dollar set nowadays. Yeah. It was some astronomical number that as a college kid, I was like, nobody's ever gonna buy that. Right. I hid the flyer in the back of my binder. I didn't even want people to see it because I was afraid of it. Yeah. That's another fear, right? Fear of right. even just talking about things that are outside of your capability to understand. For sure. And so um she put it at the front of her binder as the very first thing she showed people. Wow. And she goes out and her uncle, on her very first week, her uncle buys an ultimate set. <laughs> He's like, I want that one, that thing's awesome. Yeah, I have an ultimate set on my counter right now. They are awesome, but yeah. I didn't know as a college kid that a right. adult that had a family would want to have this. And so yeah. I remember thinking, that's all you did was just move it to the front, and somebody <laughs> wanted to buy it. Like he was like, "That's the one I want." He didn't even have to be closed. He didn't even just have just to like, see that the other awesome. stuff. Just yeah. wanted that one. That's awesome. That woke me up. Yeah. But the other thing that she did is, she comes in and she's like coming up on my tail and even beating me some weeks, and I was yeah. starting to get pissed. I'm like, "What is happening?" And then uh, the manager had her stand up one week and just talk about all the successes she was having, and she was kicking butt. She was doing really good, and yeah. she was like my favorite night to sell cutco is friday night i can get appointments on friday because people they're boring they stay home all the time they don't go on <laughs> dates and i'm like you're like what oh my gosh i've totally been like i've been missing killing out. myself yeah it's <laughs> awesome thinking fridays are dead nobody's home and you can't get anything done on friday and she was killing it on friday so that's hilarious um the one i just heard from another client was this is an election year um Nobody's gonna do anything. Nobody's gonna fix their house up. Nobody's gonna fix their yard up. It's an it's an election year, and I was like, "What? Like, that's nobody's thinking about that." Like, he's okay. like, "It's been that way since my grandpa," and I'm like, "Dude, it's that way because you think it's that way." Right. That's it's not you're making that way. it that way. Yeah. yeah for you're sure. bringing that to yourself. That's the thing you're attracting. So. Right. That's so funny. that's the other one is like these false beliefs, and right. I still have them. I just oh, yeah. haven't realized them yet. Everybody does, but when you realize them, I think it's important to step back and say all right is this real yeah or am i making this crap up and usually you're usually you're making it, you're up. Making
0: it yeah. up yeah no i remember in door-to-door that was something that happened to me quite a bit you know um what were some of them for you so it's actually kind of funny touching back to the friday thing my manager he was like this firecracker salesman like super killer sales guy yeah um and on Fridays, our meetings in the morning, he'd pump everybody up, and he'd be like, "People buy pest control on Fridays. Go out there and kill it." And like we'd all have like super big days on yeah. Fridays just because he, he put Fridays. that in our yeah. You love Fridays, and so <laughs> um, awesome. that was kind of funny. But uh, one of the things that I would run into all the time is I, obviously in sales, like your personality kind of caters to certain types of people and then right. certain types of people are going to be shut off, right? Right. But I ha- I would get this thing in my head where I'd get into the super big, nice neighborhoods and I'd be like, these people don't want to listen to me. They don't want to, <laughs> like throw me in like a, a, you know, a middle to low income neighborhood yeah. and I'm going to sell you know, yep. off the wall. Like right. I remember some of my biggest days were in like really kind of crummy looking neighborhoods where you yeah. wouldn't think, but then I'd sell like nine or 10 accounts yeah. that day and, and just absolutely kill it. Yeah. So I had this thing in my head where I'd get into a big neighborhood and I'd get all nervous and locked up and I'd Go ask, fine. luckily I was doing pretty good. And so I kind of had some pull with my, with my manager and be like, yeah. dude, just move in, move me to the neighborhood, like three blocks <laughs> away. Um, but then I'd go out and I'd have really big days yeah. in those once I realized that where I was like it doesn't matter yeah. they're just people too right. you know and I for whatever reason thought oh they already have pest control you know if they live in a big nice house they probably right. already pay for it but right. I had multiple people that you know I think some of them were you know in sales or entrepreneurs or business yeah. owners and so they saw me you know, going out and grinding right. all day in Florida, it. and they yeah. they'd sit and listen to me, and if they yeah. liked, they they were they would be sold on me more than right. the actual pest control. They don't care about the bug spray; right. they're gonna get it either way, right. right? But I I realized that I had these weird beliefs in my head where I was mm. like, oh, people aren't gonna buy early in the morning. They don't they don't care early in the yeah. morning. <laughs> or this type of neighborhood doesn't work for me. Or I'm not gonna sell to that house because you know whatever. And so and I've noticed that too with Roof Max, like. I won't talk about certain things that I realize I should have talked about because it's just me in my head right. thinking. Oh, they don't want that, or oh, they. But that could be the the thing that brings them in. And I was listening to I can't remember the guy's name, but he was like a specialist in like negotiation and talking about things. Um, and he referenced a book that I that we love. Um, it's Chris Voss's book, Never Split the Difference. Oh yeah. And he was talking about. Chris Vosk, he had some different term for it, but Chris calls it the the, the black swan. You know, you find that yeah. very unique thing. You figured it out.
1: Yeah, nice. I got that little buzz. You got the go. buzz to go away. The volume was up on the line we weren't using. Ah, I see. That sounds way better.
0: Um, But yeah, so he was talking about that one thing. And it's like, I feel like a lot of times you go into sales, especially like a presentation. Like when I go out and do estimates, I have a full, you know, presentation that I show them just so they get an idea of what everything is. But rather than doing that first, you need to get to know the person Yeah. because he was talking about like, especially, you know, obviously it's different in every single industry, but you got to figure out what that, you know, if they're an engineer, they're going to want to know about quality of you know, how long things are going to last the quality of the product that you're using or, right. you know, whatever it may be. Um, and then opposed to like an old grandma, like she just might want it to look cute, you know, right. like it doesn't matter the it's quality totally different or anything. motivators, They're completely different motivators. So he calls it the black swan. It's finding that motivation, finding yeah. that thing. And, uh, if you haven't read never split the difference, it's a freaking phenomenal book. book. I've yeah. read it. Well, listen to it. I listen to everything. Yeah. <laughs> I love <laughs> audible too. cause I can work while I'm, yeah. while I'm listening. But, um, and drive yeah. and all that great great listen though that one's yeah. awesome super that good for good sales one. and and uh, it's definitely shaped a lot of the ways that i handle sales in, and it's in interesting because
1: he wasn't a salesman he was a negotiator no for the fbi a hostage negotiator yeah. negotiator and he had crazy approaches and they work well in sales too so. for sure yeah i th- i think it's interesting when you t- when you talk because you and i spent so much time as salespeople where we're out Face to face with people, there's a lot of people who come into business and they're not, they've never had that kind of experience. You sure. know, they may be good at accounting, and so now or bookkeeping, and they go into business as a bookkeeper, and now they have to sell. Right, like that's not in their personality, in their their mindset. They're like, I'll just be nice to people, and maybe people will do business with me, and they will get some business doing that. But if you really want to grow, you've got to find a way in a place where you're comfortable selling your product for you and i it's pretty natural nowadays because sure. i mean we're, we're in businesses where we sell but i think a lot of people might struggle with that idea of like i have to sell so i think the way to break it down is to is to come up with some sort of a pitch obviously rapport i used to when i'd sell cutco or living scriptures anything that i sold. I would try to talk about anything else until they'd ask me about the product. Right. And sometimes that took some time because you connect with people well or whatever, but I'd look around their house. I'd see, you know, if they had college football, you know, stuff on the wall or something that would be a a unique identifier, I would hone in on that thing. And we would talk about that for a while before we'd ever get to the product. Right. My favorite thing was when somebody would say, so what did you bring to show me? And I'm like, That's perfect timing. Oh, I'm glad you asked. Let me pull it out. And I'm not like aggressor. They're asking for it. And so that's awesome. But like, that's a very direct sales situation where I'm sitting in someone's home. I've asked for an appointment. I've told them selling something. But when you are selling a product or service, you're a new plumber, you're, you know, you're uh, a new bookkeeper, you're a new uh, store owner, you're a new dance instructor, whatever the thing is that you're doing you have to think, okay, how can I connect with people? And I think sometimes the problem is that a lot of sales people that are faced with selling something, they want everybody because they're often desperate. If they're bootstrapping, they're like, I need the money, I need this sale to go through. Yeah. And it's like, step back and say, um, I wanna connect with the right people. And it's okay if someone doesn't do business with me because maybe we wouldn't get off very well right Right. maybe we don't have anything in common maybe they don't like me and maybe i look funny to them i don't know i don't really care (laughs) maybe they don't like bald guys Who knows? (laughs) so like just say i'm okay with people not doing this right and my goal at the end of every uh, opportunity that i have to make a sale is to get a yes or a no or no not a maybe not a maybe yeah i can handle yes i can handle no i can't stand maybe but like that's all you're looking for in sales so yeah. whatever technique you use to get to the end and say, Okay, is it yes or is it no? If it's yes, we know what to do. We're doing business together. Here's right. my system, here's my program, let's get you rolling. Mm-hmm. If it's a no, it's like, okay, moving on, I'll go find someone else. Because yeah. this one is a no. Right. You know what to do. Maybe you're just in limbo. Yeah. And I'm not saying that there because I've had right now with, with uh, ad sales, advertising, sales, and marketing, it's the longest sales cycle I've ever been a part of. Yeah. But sometimes it takes several months to get a close that that's okay as long as you you understand your sales cycle but if you have a short sales cycle like if you're a plumber and you show up and they're like I got a clogged drain and you get to the end you're like "All right, here's what I charge for a clogged drain here's the situation here's what I gotta do this is this much can we do you want me to get started on that I can get it done in the next 30 minutes right that's your opportunity right that's Mm. not a long sales cycle no that's if they don't hire you they're hiring the next guy that shows up and is better at talking to them right so So if you're selling, you are selling something if you're in business, but whatever you're selling and you have an opportunity, get to a yes or get to a no and get over whatever fear it is that is stopping you from asking, can we get you started today? Do you want me to get going? Should I get this rolling? Whatever that closing situation is, get to that yes or no. For sure. Don't be afraid of it.
0: I like what you were talking about. Um, with the being like, okay, with not getting, yeah. with not getting a job or not somebody not being in the right situation for you. Cause I feel like coming from door to door, like door to door is so pushy and it's so like, and I'm not naturally that way. So I had to like learn how to do it. And it was super uncomfortable for me mm-hmm. because it's such a instant, like, like the plumber situation. You just right. like, you knock on their door and in 15 minutes they're signed up for pest control I'll or think they're about not about it.
1: Is not, a, is not is a, a no. That's yeah. A, if somebody said,
0: world. Oh yeah. Do you have a card? Like I'll call yeah. you later. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm nope. you'll never see you again. <laughs> not so, in yeah. that
1: business. Nope. Yeah. There are some businesses people but, will call later, but. Well,
0: and it's been completely different for Roofmax. max right. because it's not an instant sale. Correct. It's not, you know, I have jobs where I can show up and they'll do Spray it on the spot. Day, right? But for the most part, like it's, it's a bigger purchase. Right. It's,
1: you know, they have to talk about things. And so it's a bid you're writing things up and getting it back to them. That's a slower sales process. And
0: they have to think about it. You know, it just, it's, it's a lot slower. And at first I obviously coming from door to door, that was my only sales experience, you know, prior to starting a business. And so I went into it with that same, like, okay, we got to be really driving to that final question and really push the whole time. And I realized I, it's much more important for me to make a connection with the person first. Yeah and then i close kind of a little bit softer with roofmax because it's not a right now thing for the most part yeah um you know obviously you still have to have some sort of it's not a soft close right cuz you have to ask the question you right. have to be like hey when are we doing this you know or you know i have this availability can i swing yeah. by tomorrow whatever the question ends up being but i just had that realization where i was like i cannot yeah. so you have to be kind of conscious of the situation you're in what kind of sale you are making if it's a long term thing maybe don't ask the question like right. with ad sales like the you're going to show up and if you First time meeting them are like, hey, let's get you. Let's do a half page ad on this. Let's do your SEO like this. They're gonna be like, who the heck are you? Like, right. get away from me, right? right. So you got to be careful with when you ask that question, but and it does have to happen.
1: In ad sales, as an example, it might help someone if you have kind of a complex product because marketing is complex, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's custom, so I have to create these custom estimates and um, options. Back when we were just magazines, it was easy quarter page, half page, full page. Right. But there's still budget considerations and advertising is not cheap. So it's Mm -mm. a big investment. Um, but the way that I present it, even back when we had just magazines was which size would fit in your budget best. Yeah. When we present, you know, a multi-channel digital marketing campaign, we'll say, you know, which here, give us a budget range. And then we come back and present it. We're like, all right, this budget will cover this, this, and this. This budget will do this, 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 and this, and this budget will do that. Which one do you feel like would meet your needs the best and match your budget? So then that's my closing sentence, right? Which one do you like? Which Mm -hmm. one do you want? Red, green, or blue, right? right. And they're like, oh, I think I would do that one. And there's science behind, you know, they often pick the middle one. I'm not so worried about that as I am about getting a yes or a no. I don't want them to be like, let me think about it. I want them to be like, that's the one I want. Now this sure. is the second appointment, right? I've yeah, already right. met with them, and then said I'm going to come back with the prices. For so sure. I think as long as you know when that opportunity happens, for sure. So this is just popping in my mind. You and I have a mutual friend, Ryan Marriott. Yeah, he, he owns Floodsman here in Northern Utah, and um, great company. We had him fix our basement when we <laughs> we had just like our fourth flood in the same house. I don't know, and he came and he's like, "Dude, you have old mold in your walls." I'm like, "Oh, that's probably from the last one." So. <laughs> But anyway, he is an old salesman too, like he did yeah. door-to-door for many years. And I've heard him on multiple occasions talk about it and say, the biggest key for me in selling is just building a relationship of trust, getting them to, to know me and to trust that I can do a good job and meet their needs and do it quickly and that I'm the best option. Yeah. And he reminds me a lot of Sky Rands, who <clears throat> also is a roofer um, yeah. locally, there's a friend of ours. And Sky does the same thing. Yeah. And he's, and they're both like, if I get in the home, it's like 95% chance that they're going to do business with me. Because of them. Because of them. Yep. They just get to the point where they trust them so much. It's like 90, 95% of closing rate. That's crazy. That's crazy. But it's because of their personality and because they're good with people and they do a good job And they're experts. They know what they're
0: talking about and it shows. You can, you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. I found it's, yeah, it's kind of cool. I found that, that, that relationship building part, like it changed. Like I started selling more when I realized, okay, people don't want me to sell them. They want me to give them an option on how I can solve an issue that they're having. And I found that when I can give them a ton of different options, and then I feel like this kind of helps, especially for people that aren't super, you know, sales experienced, yeah. that question needs to happen regardless, but sometimes it's a little bit easier. Like I found for me, since I'm not naturally pushy, that thing that you talked about, it's a very powerful tool. It's just giving them options yeah. rather than saying, do you want to invest today? Do you right. want to do this today? You say, okay, <clears throat> we have this, this, and this. What fits your needs best? When can we, you know, what's your timeline on this? What it's, I don't know. I found that I closed more because I wasn't so much like, you need this, you need to buy this. It's more so I'm giving you the option. I'm going to tell you everything that I can do for you. Um, And if it, if it makes sense for you. That I'm here to help, yeah. but I'm not here to sell you something. I'm not here to yep. convince you that you need something you don't need, because if you don't need me, I'm going to send you somewhere else, right. period. I'm not, I don't need your if business I can't help you. If I can't help you, if I'm right. not capable of providing what you need, I'm going to get you to the right yep. person. And uh, I found that a lot of people not only like trust me more and then yep. buy more, but they also just like talk me up so good to whoever i send them to and then all their friends they're like oh he's awesome like i had i had one today in bni bowen bowen the the roofer in our bni group um i throw a bunch authority roofing he's awesome um but he uh i throw him some roofs here and there because we can't help everybody Right. right and he had this old lady that i helped and I, she was just so stressed out, like, and we didn't end up being it. She didn't qualify for roof max. Her roof was too far gone. And so I sent her to Bowen and she was just, just so happy and just talking about me the whole time. And she was just sold on whatever. I was like, he knows the best he'll do. He'll do the best work for you. And so she went to him and he's like, dude, that's awesome. I didn't even have to do anything. Like she was already sold. And so kind of cool, but that would have, you know, that's an opportunity that I had where most people would be like, oh, okay. She doesn't it's yep. not going to work out. Let's just leave. But instead I built a relationship with her yeah. and then she's going to tell all of her friends about me, yep. you know?
1: So I don't know. Kind of cool. There's actually a blog post on my blog at Ryan that is, uh, it's called dollar signs in your eyes mm-hmm. and yeah. we've talked about it before, yep. but you're, you're actually explaining the difference. And, you know, when I first went into sales 25 years ago, I I didn't want to be pushy and I'm still that way. I like I don't want to be a pushy salesperson. I do want to help people and I want to be the one that helps them. So I want the opportunity to be the one that helps them and I and I am emotional about it. I really want to help people. And I think most sincere business owners are that way. They have this sincere desire. The difference between a pushy salesperson and the one that is a servant, you know, a, a, a servant salesperson. Is that pushy salesperson just pushes, 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 tries to get the sale, and that's fine. It works. I I don't like those guys. Yeah, I don't like interacting with them. I don't know if you do. I don't like it. I'm like, dude, chill out, settle down. Be uncomfortable for sure. Yeah. I'll I'll make the decision here. This is my money, my decision, my purchase. So, but the ones who become the servant that are willing to do what they can to help me. They get my attention long term. Mm-hmm. And so I, I get that there's a, a- you know, There's a group of people who they're just in what I call slam, bam, thank you, ma'am sales. That's where they just get in, get her done, and move on and never yeah. see them again. Their pushiness, I, I guess it has a reward and that they get more sales, Sure. but the truth is local business owners need to build relationships with people. They need people to refer them. They need people to talk about them later. So as soon as you get dollar signs in your eyes and someone feels like all you're there for is your paycheck and you're just trying to get paid and get their money, you lose their respect, you lose their willingness to you know, work with you, to you know, give you business, give you more business later, refer you. Not everybody's gonna refer you, but if you treat them well, they will. And when you get those dollar signs out of your eyes and you're like, I'm here to help you, if even if that means, like you just said, you're not gonna do business with us or right. with me, yeah. then that's okay, right. I'm here to help you, either I'm way. I'm still gonna help, yep. either way, yeah. We, in the advertising world, I work with our salespeople and say, it's key to become a trusted advisor because we, A, can't do everything and B, we may not be a good fit for every business. So, but you have to be the advisor because it's so complex. People don't even know where to go. Mm-mm. And sometimes they come to us and they're like, I don't even know where to start. And right. I'm like, well, start by getting your Google business profile set up. <laughs> like, <right>. you know, <laughs> like start at the beginning. And right. they're like, okay, I, I can do that. You know, so. Yeah. You just have you have to start somewhere, but an advisor is way more valuable for especially for long term business relationships than the salesman who knows how to say something tricky that gets you to sign on the dotted line. And, for sure. Um, and I and I don't like deceptive sales practices. Companies. No. We have a competitor here locally that does things that drives me crazy. Yeah. Because they just I feel like they're lying to people. Right. And a lot of people are upset with them, and I'm like, well that's not going to work long-term for you. Right. you know, you're know, you going to have a lot of blowback on that in, in the long run. So for anyway. sure.
0: Kind of a uh, switching gears. One more thing that I wanted to talk about. You kind of touched on it a little bit, but like when people are starting out, I know for me, you know, starting our dealership, I was 19 years old. I was freaking out a little bit. And like going into it, like we talked about it beforehand and I was yeah. like, yeah, that sounds like a good, I, I think I could do that. And then had no idea, like the stress <laughs> and fear and anxiety that would Reality follow and, in. <laughs> and continue. Like it still happened. Like I, we still deal with fears and stress okay. every single day, you yeah. know, and uh, year over year as we grow. And, you know, I think it's a, even through the highs and the lows, you know, you're yeah. going to have fear and stress all the way through. And uh, so I feel like there's a lot of. I call it anal- or analysis paralysis for me. Cause I get into this state where I'm like looking, there's a problem. Right. And I'm looking over everything or a task or whatever it is. And the stress and anxiety like locks me up and makes yeah. me like freeze. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like a lot of people don't even get into business because of that fear. True. You know, they're really close or the opportunity shows itself and they can't even deal with that. Like they can't even fathom right. jumping into such a big responsibility and such a big thing. Um, So I don't know. What are some of the ways that you've kind of found to cope with that, that, you know, analysis paralysis where you're just freaked out because it's daunting a lot of times. It's a lot bigger than you in most situations. So,
1: so I, um, I remember getting to a point and I think you outgrow doing door to door sales. Um, I'm sure there's, I know there's people who could do it their whole life. Um, it's not an easy thing to go face that possibility of rejection. So I remember, um, getting to that point where I was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Like I was so frustrated, (laughs) but it was my job. Right. And I, and I actually, i really enjoyed the product. So I was like, I want to do this. And so door to door was part of that job. So I was like, okay, I got to do it. So. Then I had to work on a plan or a system for how to make it happen. So the two things that happened for me was one, I scheduled out when I was going to go sell, because it wasn't a daily thing. When you're out for a summer and it's every day, you just get into a mode and you've got to go, right? But because I had other responsibilities, because I was the director of sales, I had to just schedule it. And then the other thing that I would do is I would talk to myself. And so I would go through this little process of what if there's someone out there right now who's dealing with the problem that I solve? Um, I don't need to get into specifics because it's different for every business, but there's someone dealing with it and I could be their answer to a problem. That would help me a lot. And then the other thing I would think about is I would think about the coolest experiences that I had had as a door-to-door salesman, meeting just awesome people. And so I'd go into it and I'd say, man, what if I met another Johnny or whoever it is, right? Yeah, And became good friends with them I still have friends locally here that I've sold things to that I see them at different events or different things and it's just so I'm excited to see them they're excited to see me because we became you know friends we're not hang out on the weekend friends sure but we're friends that have done business together and they're they're close you know there are people who I feel like I could call and say I've got a challenge could you help and they will come to me uh, they would help so Those two things are little mental tricks that I do, but I think one of the biggest challenges that brand new businesses face, and I did when we started Connection, I remember being, I had my very first um, appointment that that seemed like they were going to buy, and I wrote up the contract and it was like $18,000. It was advertising for a year. It was this, it just felt gigantic. It was so intimidating. (laughs) And I took it into him and I was physically shaking Mm -hmm. and I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm putting $18,000 in front of this person. I didn't even realize that that, that company spent like probably 25, 30 grand a month on marketing. And so so, you
0: came in low. Yeah. I I mean, compared to that.
1: That's and I crazy. was coming in with a one-year contract for $18,000. That's crazy. It's just a little piece, right? For them, that's nothing. For them, that's nothing. So I come in and I present it, and they're like, I think it's great. Let's do it. They sign the agreement, and I walk out of there, and You're I was like, like, holy crap. Oh, I got my yeah. first sale. It was my very first sale, and I just – but it, once that happened, I put that fear behind me, and I moved past it. Right. And I quit worrying about it, and I would just present and say, these are the facts. Like, this is what it costs, and so – do you want to do business with me or not?
0: I feel like it's all about that first push where you push through that. Cause there's that yeah. mental block in your brain. And I remember that on my first day selling door to door and my first time selling roof max, I was like, Holy cow, this is a lot more expensive than pest control. You know, right. it's daunting. It's scary. Right. Um, but it's just pushing past that first wall. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes it's hard Like you talked about like thinking about good experiences you've had, thinking about the customers. And I remember I listened to a podcast, another, I listened to a lot of podcasts, but another one recently where this guy was talking about how he deals with or how he used to deal with that, like mental barrier of just going out and doing the first door. Cause the first door is always the hardest, right? It's that first, like, and I've had that too, where I'm like shaking a little bit where I go up and knock on the door (laughs) and I'm like, just freaking out a little bit. And then it comes, you know, sweet old lady comes out. And you just have a good conversation with them, right? But that first time, it's all about just pushing through that. And then you realize that those false fears you've created in your head aren't real, that people don't care about that stuff. It's just something that you have because whatever, your brain created it, right? But pushing through that, he used to, so that that podcast, the guy would um, make tons of phone calls every day, kind of similar to you. Yeah. And every single day he'd be like, Oh, I don't want to make phone calls. Like, especially telemarketing, like that would be so rough. I've done cold calling before a little bit and not, not not huge volume, but it's not fun. Like people are jerks. Um, and so he's like, instead of like, I would, he'd push it off instead of, you know, just hopping straight in for the first 15 minutes of however long he was calling people for, he would call past clients that he had a really good experience with. And he would just check in on them and just chat with them. And then he starts it off with something positive. That's also really easy. If you can make a baby step to get to that, to get to that, that position, It makes it much easier to ask Mm -hmm. for that, for that close later and overcome those fears. And another thing that happens to me going back to analysis paralysis, like a lot of times I'll have a task or something I need to do or a project that I need to work on. And I like freeze up because I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't even know where to start. Like there's so much to do. Right. Yeah. And I learned kind of a cool trick from that same podcast, but it's just clear goals. So I do to-do lists and yeah. I hand write them out. I have to, I'm, I'm so scatterbrained. I'm all You're over the place. old soul. I'm weird. I have to, <laughs> I have to write it down. So I, I constantly have my iPad with me and I just have notes on there and I write it out. Um, but his was, it's called clear goals. It's just a to-do list. But instead of, you know, creating just task by task, you break them down into segments. So you have a big project, right? That there's a bunch of moving pieces. You have to do a ton of different things. You pick the first thing that you're going to do. And even if it's stupid, like get in the car or drive to your appointment or whatever it is little it wins tricks. Yeah. It tricks your brain. Cause you're getting those little, you cross off each individual one. Cause right. that's super, that works really well for my brain. I right. have to cross it off yeah. and I feel like it's good and done. And I'll actually finish things too. Exactly. Feels good. Um, but when you it off with something really small like that, it makes it 10 times easier to yeah. start because then you just, Oh, that takes 15 seconds. I'll do that. Oh, right. that takes 10 minutes. I'll do that. And then you're in, and then you can get into that flow state where you're yeah. just It's it's that old
1: adage of how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Right. And like I'll, I've seen, you know, people talk about that. Like I need to build my website. Right. Or I need to plan out my website. And they're like, man, what do I even do? You know, we (laughs) just did this recently. We just did this, yeah. And I was like, the thing is break it down into the simplest, right? Right. And a basic website has five pages, has home it has services, it has about us, has contact us, and it has uh, a blog of some sort or information, right? Yeah. Well, you can't do all of them right up front. Yeah. But you can do one. So pick one that you're mo- you're like, well, I can do about us. Right. right. And write a little paragraph about me and put a picture on there. Yeah. Perfect, about us. Easy. Easy. Then what's the next easiest one? Uh, contact us. I know my phone number. I can put that on right. there and, yeah. you know, or if you're having someone build it, Putting that information down. Right. Because people get so caught up in how do I explain this service? Right. Well, I mean, you can have ChatGPT write out the service and then take that and personalize it. But like, don't get caught on one thing. Go to the easy thing, do that first, and then you'll get in a a roll, you get on a momentum cycle, and then you can handle it and do anything really.
0: Yeah. Cool. I like that. Yep. Well, um, I think we're just. About there, about there. So, cool. Well, that was awesome. I feel like it'll yeah. be good for for a bunch of business owners. You know, hopefully, hopefully this helps give kind of some tips and tricks for dealing with stress and and overcoming some of those fears. Um, if you guys like the podcast, share it. Yeah, um, like it, like it, um, download it, and then subscribe. On it's different on each thing. Platform. I know on yeah. Apple, um, you can leave us a review. It really helps get us out to other people. Yep. Um, and yeah, so. Thanks, guys. Yeah.